0: Welcome to Seattle House Mafia's industry interviews. I'm Phil, your host, and in each episode we bring you exclusive interviews with DJs, producers, promoters, and other industry professionals who are passionate about leaving their mark on the dance music scene. But we don't just talk about their careers. We dive deep into their personal lives, what inspires them, where they face challenges, how they balance their personal and professional obligations, and what their aspirations are for the future. Lastly, We end every episode with an exclusive DJ mix so you can experience firsthand our guest's signature sound and style. So join us on this unique journey as we explore the dance music scene and the amazing people who make it happen. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Seattle House Mafia. Welcome to another episode of Seattle House Mafia Industry Interviews. I'm Phil, your host, today's guest, Recently played during Miami Music Week, Weekend One at Coachella, and a pre-party during Movement Detroit.
1: Yes. In Detroit, correct? Yes. in yes. Detroit.
0: Be very clear about that. The official pre-party. The official
1: pre-party, yes.
0: He has releases on Desert Hearts, Space Yacht, Ferris Wheel Recordings, United Soul Music, Flash Mob Records, and many, many more. He has produced and released over 100 tracks to date, and in 2020 released his first album, Big Whopper, On his own label, Late Night Munchies, which went number one in all six genres represented in the album.
1: Insane.
0: (laughs) As well as number two globally on Beatport, right? Yeah. (laughs) He is the owner of Late Night Munchies, Munchies After Dark, and the label manager of Space Yacht. I want to welcome Tony H. to the Seattle House Mafia studio.
1: In the building.
0: In the building. Good to finally meet you, man. How are you? Thanks for coming through. Good.
1: I've released over a hundred tracks.
0: That's what you said. I don't.
1: I, oh, I said that. <laughs> Actually, I remember that. I did say that. <laughs> is it I did true? say that. It is true. That's fact. You can fact check that. I believe it. Is, it. it is very true. But I'm good. Happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I guess I've made over hundred tracks.
0: I mean, how long? How? What's What's the time span on hundred? That's a lot of tracks.
1: That's since what 2013. Damn. Yeah. So that's almost ten, yo ten years. Ten years coming up. Jesus. But
0: ten years. That's still ten tracks a year. I, that's even, I mean, that's probably more than the, that. That's, yeah, am I doing the math right? I mean,
1: the math is correct, but <laughs> some some years I did more and some years I did less. So, but still, I mean, that's insane to even process that yeah. I released that much music.
0: Yeah. So, well, quick, funny story. So um, this is the first time we've officially met. Yes. Sort of officially. I met you briefly when Flammable moved to Chop Suey. I think it was either the first or the second Sunday that they had moved up there. Okay. And I was with Sangdo. Sangdo pointed you out, and he goes, "Hey, that's Tony H." Because we were talking about getting people on the show. This was still a concept, right? And uh, so I walked up to you and I introduced myself. I stood, and I did this awkward. I did this awkward like, "Hey, we've never really met in real life, but we're friends on Facebook. It's it's great to meet you." Man. I remember I, like, this now. <laughs> and you were so nice about it, but I was such a fucking tool. And and I was thinking, I was thinking, God, I, socially. I'm so glad I'm married because I got no game. Even when I'm talking to dudes, like meeting them at the bar, right? So anyway, it was, you were cool about it. You're very, I didn't even leave you an opportunity to not be awkward. So you I not I kind of backed away. You left. Yeah, I left. You, you
1: did the Homer Simpson. I totally you did. You just like backed up into the crowd. Just like, <laughs> all right, bye. bye I was like, all right. Well, so, that's, yeah. that's his friend. So that's cool. Yeah.
0: So we officially met then, but I'm not going to count that. I'm going to say we get a redo, which is this today. one. I'll, I'll give you the redo. That's where fair. I get to come across as a much cooler. Yes. Um, more put yes. together other person
1: not yeah. not as weird yeah no not as weird i don't even think of, i don't even think it was weird even then when you, i met you i was just like all right that, was that's that's what that's what that's what that was, it was <laughs> i think I was with my girlfriend i think she asked you who was that <laughs> i'm like know. i'm not really sure but i just <laughs> met him <laughs>
0: definitely just met him oh yeah that was pretty bad well so and speaking of my wife i actually she goes uh, she likes to ask who she's she's not really connected in this world but she likes to ask who i'm interviewing you know who's going to be coming to the house and the whole thing and i said i don't know him but it's this dude tony h and it seems like he's doing a million things and he's finding success in everything that he's doing and i said to me without knowing the guy he's like a fucking freight train that you either get on or get out of the way
1: that's facts.
0: Is that legit what's going either on? You
1: right? get on for the ride or get left behind.
0: Yeah, because I just see you everywhere. And like I was trying to figure out the events and the releases and all the stuff that you're doing when I was doing a little background. And there's just so much happening with you. So I guess talk to me about that a little bit. Like, What's, what's, what's driving all that? Is this new or has this been going on I for mean, a long time?
1: I've, I started DJing in 2009. And literally, it was just like, I was the kid at the, the high school parties with the iPod. Like, oh, like, and then, like, that, and that was it. Like, that's how it started. And all my friends were like, yo, like, if Tony doesn't show up with the music, like, we're not partying. So, like, I've been doing it for a long time. Then I got into, like, event organizing and then I started producing. And so it was just like, it's, it's just been like a collective amount of years of doing all this shit. But it's just like, like i i've been doing it for so long and have like so much music and shit that sometimes i forget like my friends will play my tracks and i'm just like i'm like hanging out and they're like this is your track i'm like oh it is but like <laughs> sometimes it doesn't even register like i just i've been i just make music cuz i love to make music right. so like and i'm like my output is pretty high like when i'm making music so yep. it's just like and then I sent it to my friends they played I'm like I, don't even, I didn't even know that was my track they're like yeah I'm playing your your stuff right right now wow. I'm like oh okay cool <laughs> thanks
0: So where where did that start though like where, did you come from a musical family did you grow up around music Mus- and why dance music also M-
1: Music family in the sense of like my pa- like my parents listen to everything Okay um li- literally everything I know like there, there's like DJs over like yeah like I play everything except for country it's like in my house like we listen to everything that you can think of even rock country, country hip hop house all weird adjacent stuff that doesn't make sense to me that my parents love but like that was my house every sunday all day we're cleaning the house we're cooking and we're listening to music so like that's like neither one of my parents were like both like none of them play instruments none of them were ever into any of that but like that was that was my house it was like music all day on a sunday that was it and even like i literally just came back from texas where where my family is and i was there on a sunday and they're still doing the same same routine we clean the house we cook and we listen to music all day so like that's that's always been a thing so like i i knew that i was bound to be in music in some form or fashion granted like growing up like (laughs) the first instrument i played was a triangle
0: (laughs) (laughs) is that officially an instrument i guess it is i'm
1: first of all (laughs) you're not gonna diss the triangle okay okay (laughs) because it was my first instrument and i only played it because i wasn't good at anything else and that was the easiest thing to play and then i played the flute which i was also bad at i had a lime green flute that everyone could see and it was not fun and then i played the the xylophone okay um i wasn't good at any of these things i wasn't even good at the triangle which how can you be bad at that but i wasn't good at that but like I ch- I think I I don't even know why I chose electronic music. I think all my friends were just like that's what like they were into and so I was just like I'm going to make this. Like this is what I'm going to make. But like I started off making just like like just ra- I just like started off on gr- garage band just making random beats and okay. kind of drifted into like I'm going to start making house music or I'm going to start making electronic music and a lot of the artists I was following at that time Carl Cox, Jamie Jones, Maya Jane Cole, DJ Heather, like DJ Minx. Like that, that was all like Chicago Jack and house yep. vibes. And like, that's, I was like, this is what we're doing. And now we've been doing it for a long time. And
0: that was not in Seattle. Where, where were you? So
1: I initially started producing when I lived in Alaska. Okay. Fair, Fairbanks, Alaska. Wow. Uh, specifically. Um, yeah. <laughs> not much. You know what? I enjoyed my time in Alaska. Uh, but yeah, that's it, the, the, it was hard to start producing that kind of music there. Cause there wasn't a scene for it. Right. So I was like one of the few that were like into that kind of music and like wanted to throw events, wanted to go to parties like that, but like Alaska didn't really have that at the time. So I, I just, I did that and then eventually started the label, which is when I started doing parties and all that out there.
0: Okay. So when did you come to Seattle?
1: I came to Seattle in 20, oh no, in 2016, it was election year. In 20, I was. it was the, it was the day that Trump won. Okay. <laughs> it was the day I landed. Um, <laughs> It that was such a weird day.
0: Was was the motivation to leave Alaska and come to Seattle? Was it purely to to push your the next level of music for you?
1: Yeah, it was like the issue I was having in Alaska was no one wanted to book me out of Alaska because it's so expensive to fly out. Mm. So it was like if I'm gonna keep doing this and I want to do it at a in a larger scale, I gotta leave. Like Got that's it. it. And then one of my really good friends, Mind Groove, who's like also a DJ in Seattle, he um he's from here. And so I would come every summer with him and visit and would meet people, the Wesley Holmes and all those Sean Majors, all those guys. Yep. And eventually I was like, you know what? Like I got to move here because like the this, this, this scene, like this is what I need. Like this is the scene I need to be in. So made the move and now I've been here for almost seven years.
0: Very cool. So you had some loose connections, here. yeah? Because you could have gone to California, yeah. San Francisco, SoCal, something like that. There's scenes there as well, right? But the,
1: the, see, that's and the thing, like the thing that made this move easy, it's like I'm. I always do that. Even when it, before I moved to Alaska, I always would like search like who was doing what and like would like cold, like kind of cold call, message them and be like, hey, like my name's Tony and this is what I do to like introduce myself. So like I, that's basically what I did in Seattle. But I got to travel here before and I got to meet all the people and like show face. And so right. they, so by the time I moved here. I already knew like the viva crew and i knew like the soft option crew and i knew like i so i already knew all these crews by the time i got here so it's like i wasn't like a stranger to the scene so they knew who i was what i was trying to do so like it helped that i got to meet them before i moved here but yeah like the motivation was literally the scene and trying to trying to travel more because like now like then i was like oh i live in seattle like oh now we can book you here and we can we'll pay for you to come here i'm like okay well that's nice. Now, now I'm not in the ask anymore.
0: So I want to dig into something you said, you said cold call, right? Yeah. And, and I say, I, the reason I want to dig into that is there is, um, and I've noticed this with creatives, music, visual art, whatever it is, yeah. sculpture, like you kind of name the, the, the creative bent. And I think there's, there's, I don't want to oversimplify it. It seems like there's two different types of people. There's, there's, and, and there's a, there's a spectrum, right? But there's like the people who expect it to come to them and and are mad that it doesn't you know and then there's and then there's the odd edge case where they expect it to come to them and it actually does and, and does. they get a break yeah. but that's so rare it's such right. a small percentage and then there's the people and i don't think people understand that there's a whole group of people that will bust their ass to make connections to meet people to offer value yep. to support a yep. community there's there's a whole there's there's like levels to elevating yourself in a way that's not arrogant. And at the same time, you're supporting, you're right. becoming an, a valued member of a community. So talk to me about your sort of your philosophy around how you how you entered the Seattle scene my, through cold calling.
1: My, my, one of my old bosses had this saying, uh, closed mouth, don't get fed. And he used to say that all the time when we'd be at work, because like people would complain about something. I'm like, well, if you just ask, like you're not going to know until you ask. So like for me, it was just like, I'm going to reach out to people and some are going to answer and some are probably not going to give me any other time and that's okay. But like putting my name out there. So it was just like, the whole thing was just like i'm gonna just put myself out there and say like hey this is what i'm doing this is the goal i have like once i get to seattle like this is what i'm trying to do and people were receptive of that so then i just i i observe as like most people probably do and would go out and see how people moved and realize like okay like i can be like a a core part of the community by like Throwing events or helping people get booked or signing them to the label and like helping push their music and that and that's what we did. Like we, I would meet people. I'm like, oh, you produce? Send me music. We're gonna put your stuff out. Oh, you you play? I'm I'm throwing a party. I'm booking you. So it was like, I became like an integral part of the community by like just being helpful and then also being a person that people could come to and be like, oh, like I just started doing this. Like how I just started producing. Like what can I do or how can I help? And I'd like I'd give them stuff for free. Like here's some plugins. Here's this. Here's that. Like because a lot of a lot of the times people are are gatekeeping things because they don't want to see their peers win or or their friend Uh, i I am the opposite so i'm like yo if i got it you can have it too
0: yeah it's it's uh i'm I'm starting to feel a little bit like a broken record but it is it's this like abundance versus famine mentality that really like if you peel it all back and it's it's people that do look into supporting other, I think just people miss, miss that idea. Like they're, they're so focused on their own success that they don't understand that they can bolster their own success by helping other people do stuff. And it's, you know
1: my my like before my grandma passed she had this saying she said everyone can eat even if i don't like you you can still eat just not at my table so like for me it's just like yeah like all my like we can all win we can all succeed here and even if i don't agree with what you do or like don't like you that much like you can still succeed just over there just not 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 with me at this table um but yeah i don't i don't i don't know like we we can all be rising together as opposed to separately or, or failing alone i don't know like you you have more a, a better chance of winning with people that you want to be around than doing it by yourself yep. I don't, it doesn't make sense when people want to gatekeep like i just was like for what
0: yeah and you seem like the kind of guy who likes to watch other people yeah succeed. i love it yeah. literally love it and i get excited i would also assume you're the kind of guy that helps that helps push you a little bit yeah to that, that next level right
1: i because i also understand too like i mean i saw it when i played coachella it's like because i got to play like then people on my labels and music got listened to because people were curious of like what this late night munchies brand was and so then like my friend was posting about it on like oh like i saw my like track of this coachella play was like because like tony played and it's like yeah like that's that's what we want like i win you win and then we can all celebrate together i don't want to celebrate by myself so i like partying with people not by myself for sure (laughs)
0: what what was that what was the the clincher to get you into coachella uh
1: they they reached out i mean that, that, that I, I i will assume it's because of like the music i've been putting out lately and like how well it's been going but yeah they they, they reached out and it and it, it I, I feel like to this day i still can't believe that i actually played coachella like that seems like so because i i have a f- like really good close friend in alaska uh, grant who goes like often and i'm like bro i can never i can't afford to go to that like i'm right. not go- i'm not i'm not going and then like then like getting this like call to like play i'm just like well now i can go and i'm getting to play like <laughs> like what it like what is what is life what's happening
0: so the so was the if we back up a little bit what was that some of the the motivation to start to start late night munchies was that the wait w- which was the first label or that you L- late started? night munchies was the first one okay. so that when i
1: started in 2015 okay um and i mean i started that second label i I, 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 to be honest, I don't. None of us know what we're doing ever, anyway. But <laughs> I, st- I started that. F- I started late night is in 2015, and it was like for all genres. And primarily, I started it because I had a bunch of friends that had really dope music, but had no idea how to put their music out, or like right. didn't know like the course of actions to take to be able to put their music out. So one of my friends was just like, "Why? Don't, why can't you be that person to like facilitate?" And I was like, "You know what? Great idea." And I had like just. Actually, funny story, like, I would sometimes sit in my house and get super high, and I started this mix series called Late Night Munchies, Okay. Um, and I would, like, take cartoon graphics and, like, make them all look like they were all high, but that series did not pop off, let me tell you. It did not go well, <laughs> but I, I, I've i always had this thing where, like, if I think of an idea or a name, I'll, like, keep it. Like, I'll write it down, so, like, even though that failed, I was like, this Late Night Munchies thing, like that's like, that's a cool, like, name for something, and then when the label thing came up, I'm like, that's what we're going to call it. And then four years later, I started Munchies After Dark. I can't really tell you why, but I started that other label for other genres of music because I just wanted the separation of like yeah. techno over there and like all the other stuff on this one. But um, yeah, the motivation behind that was literally just to help my friends. <laughs> like that—that that was it. Yeah, I didn't even like—I I didn't even think it was gonna go as far as it has. And all I was gonna do was like put their music out and kind of just like go about my day. And then it just kind of turned into this whole other thing where I was like, okay, like now we're now we're now we're doing this years later.
0: So cool though, I yeah. I was I was real curious about that. I you know I think I can make a lot of assumptions, but I think uh I think it's important for people to hear what motivates what motivates other people to do stuff. Yeah,
1: like, I agree. Literally just trying to help the homies out. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all it was. And yeah. now we're like by the beginning of next year we'll be on the two hundredth release, which also like is insane to me. I was, like was looking at it the other day, but yeah, it was like. I was, gonna, I was like, oh, I'm going to put out, like, four or five, like, releases for my friends. And, like, that'll be that. And I'm just going to keep living life. And then it just turned into, like, oh, like, my friend has music and this person has music. I'm like, all right, like, I'll, I'll release it. And here we are. So, like eight years later.
0: Eight years later, you you started the Late Night Munchies hmm. and then Munchies After yeah, Dark. Yeah, 2019. You're also a label manager for For Space, Space Yacht, Yacht. Which
1: also is wild because the way that even happened was... On Twitter, Space Yacht posted, like, Hey, we're looking to interview people for our Space Yacht Radio and a bunch of my friends tagged me in it. So then Rami, who's like one half of the owner of Space Yacht, reached out to me and was like, Hey, like we're starting our like podcast series back up. We want to interview you. And so they interviewed me and in the interview we talked about label stuff and he realized I like use the same system as them. And so right. like two months later, their label manager got another job and so he called me. He's like, Hey, do you want to run our label? And I'm like, W i am like I love the brand. Like I already had been following them for years before they even started the label. Right. And so he called me and I was like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. Like, I'm not going to say no to this. So I've been with them for, I think it'll be two years this year or yeah, next month.
0: <laughs> so fun. And it, you're one of those, you're one of those rare guys. We just actually had John Lemon in here who.
1: Love John. It,
0: yeah. John's amazing. And he makes all his money and pays all his bills with music. And it sounds like you're in this. Yep. You're in this same, cinema. same
1: yeah. all music. I mean, with, with music, you have to create multiple revenue. So, I mean, that's why the label I DJ, you know, run, run space yacht um but yeah all music which is and i to be honest i chose the worst time to do it full-time i literally it was right i was working a full-time job they did a huge layoff and i was part of the layoff and it was two months before the pandemic hit and i was like you know what i'm like all about like this is a sign so i'm like this must be a sign i must i need to dj full-time so i was like all right like that was like january like 6th or something i was like i'm djing full-time after i had gotten laid off i'm like i'm not looking for another job i'm just gonna do this full-time and then two months later the damn pandemic hit I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do now? <laughs>
0: what the hell? That was so rough, but it worked out. Yeah, it worked. I mean, I
1: we all moved to Twitch, which was like right. a big thing for a lot of people. So,
0: you you did the Twitch thing to buy you a little bit of sanity in the madness of COVID, because um, I know a lot of people were suffering, especially yep. creatives that I knew. Right? Any anything interesting come out of that experience? Just sort of embracing Twitch full, fully, like you did.
1: Honestly, a lot. Like so much cool shit came out of that because, like, so before before twitch i mean i had played out of state a couple times with like the opportunities i got post twitch i got to play my first gig in san diego was because of twitch nice and my first gig in chicago was because of twitch um and then i got to meet all those people irl so like twitch created opportunities for me to meet people in different countries cities whatever um then get to play in these some of these places so that was like actually the san diego show it was literally like a it was like you know when you like go to comic con and it's like a meet like a meetup like that's what it was it was like a twitch meetup party literally everyone i had ever met that was in san diego came out to that party so it was like a big eye like there's a picture of all of us like meeting for the first time it's just like oh you're and like we're all and we all had like the my name is but like with our twitch handle wow so like that was great so like that was so i was like oh you're that person oh you're that person oh you're the one in my discord or you're the one you my in my zoom room so like that was cool and then like even outside of that it was like just meeting people in seattle when i played day trip last year i got to meet some people cried at the park it was great. We all met for the first time. They like, they were going through some shit like as a couple and I was going, I was also going through some shit like just on my own. And it was just like, we just gave each other like this big, like wholesome hug. It was very, it was a very wholesome moment, honestly. All because of Twitch, <laughs> All because right? of Twitch, literally. that
0: bag on Twitch. And I keep hearing these, these freaking stories that I gotta reevaluate. I you understand. gotta, you
1: gotta get, you gotta get on Twitch.
0: Okay, man, I'm sold. I'm sold on it. Just I'm like,
1: get- I'm like those TikTokers that are like, Yo, do you want to make <laughs> passive income? <laughs> get on Twitch.
0: Okay. So, so, I mean, we talked about, right? You label owner, DJ, remixer, producer. um, You're actually coordinating events. And your most recent endeavor, I think I saw a DJ Academy. Yeah,
1: now we're doing a DJ Academy an event space, black-owned DJ Academy. I'm just going to yeah, emphasize yeah. that. Nice. Uh, but we're doing a DJ Academy event space. Uh, we're working on it. So we're right now we're in the funding process, okay. funding stage. So you know, getting investors, getting people to to, to donate, fund. Um, you guys can find the, don- uh, the the donate link, the the GoFundMe link. But yeah, so the the spaces for to do workshops, DJ workshops, production workshops, um, music industry tips, talks kind of deal. Getting people that are trying to get into the scene that like are having trouble helping them get into the scene, people that are making music having trouble getting their record signed. Sure. Thankfully, I run a couple of labels so I can help facilitate that. But the big thing is like all inclusive, everyone's welcome. It's going to be all ages. So this is like. I have friends that have kids that want like are interested in, like b- like my younger sister like has a friend that wants to learn to DJ. I'm just like yo like tell them what we're doing, so it's it's sa- safe space It will be all like all people from the scene that like people know and trust. Um, but like with my r- rite of passage, um, but yeah, like that's that's the new project now, and we'll we'll, we'll we're, we're, it's it's a very stressful process. I would let imagine, me tell you. I would let me tell you. Yeah,
0: no. I- <laughs> Well, and I just I just think there's there's so much you're doing and so many different people you're working with, and the thing that came to me when I, especially when I saw that pop up after seeing, you know, new release announcements, and oh, you're in Detroit. Like, here's Tony doing some say, other shit. Tony right? <laughs> doing something else. Like, how do you decide on what projects to take on, who to work with? Like, what what is the criteria for you? Like
1: for this project, it was like I, it like the labels are doing well enough on their own where like I can, I'm able to like give myself the time to like go start another project because okay. I, I, I feel like because if otherwise like if this was the beginning of late night munchies or munchies after dark i'd be like not like now's not the time but i just feel like now is the perfect time because it's something that we need it's community driven the labels are doing fine on their own like i'm obviously i'm djing and like doing doing my thing on on that end so it's just like what, what like why not now and everyone that i talked to they're just like why aren't you already doing this yeah. I'm like well because i didn't have the damn time right and now i now i think i do i like i like to think that i have the right. time <laughs> i really like to think that i have the time
0: hey man they say if you want to get something done you ask a busy person to do it right
1: um yeah yeah here here, here he is Yeah, <laughs> here he is
0: and and i think the other observation I, I have about guys like you is the way you set things up there's there's not really you don't you don't give yourself an out there's no safety no. net right so like you go you go this is all, all in. in baby yeah
1: this is all in
0: but those are the kind of guys you want to do these projects yeah this is all in yeah, yeah.
1: Ma- yeah. main focus is now this and we're gonna see it all the way through um,
0: and do you have a team you're working with on this particular? So, endeavor.
1: so I'm working with my friend Austin who, um, already has run or runs a nonprofit based out of Indianapolis, but, um, he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, George, Matthew, um, are also part of like the board members cool. crew. Um, uh, but also outside of that, like, even when I made that post on Facebook, people are reaching out offering free photography or like free panels, free AV reactive panels. So, um, that that that's the point of this it's community yeah. driven so like i want people in the community to be involved in this because it's it's for it's for all of us it's not just about me doing this it's for everyone to benefit at the end so yeah so now here 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 we are
0: <laughs> that's super cool and and i think i think when when something's authentic like that you, it's. I think people underestimate how much people want to help when it feels authentic and when it's something they believe in and when yep. it's something they can support. I think a lot of times people feel like other people don't want to help when it's a very like sort of selfish, center, centrally focused yep. endeavor, right? But no, I, I, I love the vision, man. And when I saw it, I got excited about it. So my gut, when I asked myself, it seems like the right move for you guys to, yeah. to do this thing. So I'm pretty, I'm Go pretty with your gut. to see what this, yeah, see what happens here.
1: Yeah, we're 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 doing it it's happening it's called Super baseline cool. beats Academy um and so c- coming 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 soon
0: and you're looking you have a goFundMe you're yeah. looking for a potential investment yeah possibly. looking for
1: potential investment got got the goFundMe um and we're just gonna and we're in like for people that are like curious like we're gonna be using the funding for you know we're gonna buy equipment we're gonna get sound we're gonna get like soundproof padding we're gonna get software you know debt like, we're, we're getting all the things that we would need to you know be able to do these workshops so that and the, and the point is also for the, the space to be available if people want to go use it to go listen to their tracks on a on actual speakers as opposed to monitors or a, in your car like whatever or if you want to go you know work on music ableton go dj like i get hit up all the time or not all the time but like often from people who are like hey, i want to practice my set before i like have to play this big gig and i'm like okay yeah. like come to like normally they come to my house but like now you can use the space where like the newest gear, club club ready gear, will be there for you to use, and you can actually prepare yourself for your set at a club that is going to have the same kind of gear. So, so people like and pe- you know people get freaked out. They see they see a V ten and they're just like, I've never seen that before. It's oh, like, yeah. well, now you can go to this space and you can use a V ten and be get comfortable, and now you can play this you know gig in front of people and you'll be fine.
0: So, yeah, that the the I I think that's the barrier to entry sometimes with some of the premier club gear is pretty. It's expensive. We know right. this, and when it's expensive, like, and you get a club gig, and you've only played on a controller, or maybe you have played right. on some X DJs, you've never been on a three thousand. Exactly. Like, it's a different game. It is really cool to give somebody the opportunity. There's a there's a crew out of um, Colorado, actually, Mile High DJ. I follow them on Facebook. We kind of, mm-hmm. but they're a DJ store, but they also rent a space for people to do See? exactly that to, to go get warmed up. Yeah, cuz I don't want
1: people to be afraid like I don't want people to like stray away from DJing because like oh like I can't afford the gear so like I yes. can't pra- like I so like and I have friends that like want to like they they want to play out but they're like yeah I've never played on 3000 so I'm like okay like we're going to create this space where like you can yeah. come practice now I and then you and then you're going to be fine when you go play any of these club gigs. So I think that's yeah.
0: super cool. And so Are you also depending i assume on logistics of the actual space where you guys land but are you also thinking of renting the space out for events and things like that so that so that
1: then that was like the other thing too it was like the the biggest thing i mean i i just went through this with my girlfriend and her friends like everyone wants to throw a birthday party yeah but then what's always like the the main problem it's like we don't have the dj gear and we or we can't find someone with the gear or we can't find someone with the sound so like the whole point of also having the space is like well you can now rent the space it will already have gear and sound all you have to do is find a dj but everything's there for you which which surprising to me i guess it's like there's not many places that you can just rent that have these things available so i'm just like why can't we also do that I also have friends that do like art showcases that like I would love to do art galleries for them yeah. and like have them and then all the gear and sound is already there and everything's already there for them. So
0: and you got walls to hang and, shit and, on, and we got walls yeah. to hang shit. I love it. And man. then like
1: and then also like a, a, a even more important point to this too is like this is also to represent or represent more minorities, women, LGBTQ in the community in the scene. Because I mean, because it is what it is. Like they're, they're misrepresented. There's not a lot of them on lineups a lot of the time. So. This is like a push for that to get to get them out there too that people that want to play want to produce want to make music.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about that, and again, say as much or as little yeah. as you want about that. But from that perspective, you know, minorities, POC, you know, LGBTQ, do you feel like they're underrepresented in Seattle? And is there just some general thoughts you have on where maybe the Seattle scene could improve?
1: I think they're misrepresented in general. Okay. I wouldn't even pinpoint Seattle because like there are. It, I, and I would imagine this is in every city state whatever like there are people that are trying to put them on lineups like I don't I don't uh, discredit that but I think I mean you see festival lineups and it's like yeah 85 percent were men and then there's like five women on the lineup and I'm like okay like we can do better like yeah. there's there's too many dope women LGbtq Seriously. people of color that are like are out here doing it like why like why aren't we part of these lineups so I don't think it's a, it's a Seattle thing it I mean it is a problem in Seattle as well as other places. Sure. Um, but yeah, this is just like the the initiative here is like to, to, sh, to sh, not that we need to prove, but like to show that like, hey, like there's all like here are, here's a roster of dope people that you can be yeah. booking and here's your opportunity to, to do that now. So um, the plan will be to help push those people out into the scene. Also, I'll probably be organizing multiple events, fundraisers for the for the nonprofit um, and then highlighting these artists on those lineups. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited
0: you should be man I'm i mean excited. what i'm hearing is you've you've basically created a a currency through your labels yeah through your own your own persona and your performances and now through this space that people are going to begin seeing value yep. in and that's gonna that's i just have no doubt it's going to positively affect the communities that you're trying to Yeah, we're trying right? thank you so we're that's trying. super cool we're out here yeah and we're you're here telling me about I'm it you're telling like, yeah. yeah yep.
1: so first time i'm even talking about it i live. love it live actually
0: that's good man
1: oh yeah good.
0: Is there, Did you mention, I know we were talking off camera, there was another project that you were also working on or did I miss
1: Oh yeah. So it's, so this-
0: Just one other project. Also, right? like,
1: also one other project, but also like the story for this is crazy. So if you guys aren't familiar, there's a hotel called Citizen M and I get emails all the time from like random accounts and I just always assume it's spam. And so I sometimes respond with like some smart ass comment because I know it's spam. So I just like say some random shit. But I got this email from like this like hotel person saying like yeah like we've heard about you and like we want you to like work like we want to work with you and I had just gotten a manager at that point so I'm like hey like it's it's some spam just respond like whatever like we're probably not gonna hear from them and then like the CEO responded to us and was like no no, no like this is real and we <laughs> want Tony to represent and they were like they were doing this this thing with Citizen M it was like five pillars of the business and I'm the, I'm the party ambassador for Citizen M so um, it actually turned out to be a great great partnership uh worked with them uh, last year and they flew me out to la we did like this whole like campaign around me and like what i do um so go st- citizen M is also lit by the way if you've never stayed there go stay there i'm gonna have to um now. they have a great bar the rooms are the, every like every and what i love about them like that and that like you asked me earlier like how i pick my people or like like i just knew when i met with them and like was there like it was gonna yeah. be a great partnership it was like i love i used to work at a hostel when i was younger and okay. so it gives me like big like hostile energy in the sense of like people from all over the world stay there like you like you feel it like they're not like none of those people are backpackers but like it feels that way when you're right. like at like the atmosphere they've created there and then every hotel in every city is different so not one hotel is designed the same way even the two that we have in seattle are both designed differently which is like Very cool. for me like aesthetically i'm just like i like you're talking to my heart like i love this so yeah i worked with them last year we did a whole campaign and I, I'm their party ambassador and so this is going to be kind of an ongoing. Thing yeah so I'm like still working with them. we're like going to do I'm, I'm going to dJ some events for them eventually um but yeah they 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 sent me like a whole like little like little like care package like recently they're they're just great man that's great yeah that's great but yeah like but like that's the funny story there is just like i thought it was spam so no, i wasn't i, I wasn't even gonna about. respond i was gonna i like but my manager like was cc'd in that email i was just like eh. <laughs> i was like it's probably spam respond if you want you don't have to and he was like he responded and they like reached back out and we're like oh shit this is real
0: <laughs> you know i i bet that's that's one other thing i meant to ask you about earlier when we uh, is is and maybe you don't have a clean answer on this but when is when is the time for somebody to seek out a manager or does a manager seek you out how how did that all work
1: i i don't know okay i don't i, I mean i do know what i mean by i don't know it's like i don't know when it's the right time to have a manager i the only reason this happened is because i literally put a tweet out saying <laughs> do i need a manager now and a like and i had people like mikey like mikey's a good friend like from desert hearts and, he like responded and was just like, and like gave me like this very like eloquent response of like, yeah, maybe like when this is happening, you need a manager, like et cetera, et cetera. And my friend Rob was, who's like a good friend of mine was thinking about managing artists. And so he called me and he's like, like, do you want to just like partner up and like, let's just do this together? Like I'll learn, you'll learn. We'll like, just do this whole thing. I was like, you know what? We're good friends. I trust you. I know that you like are looking, like you're looking out for me and like he always has. So I'm just like, let's do it. But like, I think, I don't know when the right time is for a manager. I know that you need to be doing a lot in the sense of, like, you need to be putting out music consistently, playing out often. Um, The reason I was thinking about it was because I was getting a lot of bookings and it was hard for me to manage all of the people that were trying to contact me. Right. So I was like, it was easier for me to like funnel, like, Hey, go talk to this one person as okay. opposed to like send me an Instagram message or a Facebook message or an email or DM me on like, it was like, it was too much. And I'm like, all right, y'all are texting me from like 18 different places. I can't keep up now. Here's one email text that person. Um, so I think the right time, I think the right time is when you think it's the right time or when you think that you should be doing more outside of what you were already doing for yourself. So yeah. I just felt like okay like I've done all the Seattle things. I want to play out more. I should probably have someone re- representing me to like facilitate this situation. Um so managers you get you you get yourself like you can you can handle that. Agents are what you're waiting for people to they re- they reach out to you. Uh, okay. So like that's that would probably be the next step for me is like now having an agent who's like Got it. part of some bigger company and like now facilitating for me in, in, in an even bigger scale. But yeah, manager I mean you can you can, I mean you can get one whenever yeah. you want
0: so they're an extension of Tony H, yeah. manager and an agent is almost like they would be reach out to you. they kind of choose you for their yeah. team you decide if you yep. guys are going to have a symbiotic relationship yep. then they're probably like booking you into big festivals yep. and okay, got it. so that's that's the next look
1: now. but you know what's what's crazy is like I mean obviously having an agent would be fantastic. I mean any I mean who wouldn't want that? But I've been able to play a lot of things without without it so far. So I'm just yeah. like, do do we need do we need that quite yet? Probably not. So we we're and good. You've
0: given a portion of the pie to him, right? Right. Right.
1: So I'm like, we're good for now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're good for now. Wow. <laughs> that's very cool. No, I appreciate you answering that. I, I mean I didn't know I don't know that whole that whole sequence of events and i have a feeling a lot of other people are pretty curious yeah about me how that all
1: work me neither i like and like I, that, and that's why i made that tweet because i'm just like it like do i need one now and i'm like maybe <laughs> i'll just ask i don't know maybe
0: but i love that you just tweeted it out and asked because people are so shy about feeling stupid nah, i don't yeah
1: i don't care i'm like yeah, i'm gonna ask and if, if no one answers fine and if some people answer then i'll read what they so many
0: little lessons in this chat we're having yeah. right now
1: i mean again like closed mouth don't get fed and yeah. like that and that's why i tell my friends like if like people will seem like i just was with one of my friends in detroit when we played out there and he's just like oh i don't want to bother you with like i'm like bro like you have my number call me anytime like no question is dumb like we're all learning this whole like yeah. music industry process together like i may know something that you don't know and you may know something that i don't know and I'm, i may ask you because i think you know it so i don't i don't know i was just like you know what, i'm gonna tweet this today and we'll see what I happens and literally like that same day rob called me he's like i'll like let's let's partner up So I had a manager within like six hours. Okay. So (laughs) So it was great. It was great. No,
0: I love it. I love the proactivity, right?
1: And I saw my peers too. Like I have like other friends that like had managers and I'm like, just like, okay, like I see that like you're you're hot and popping now. So like probably was a good time for you to have a manager. I'm like, I feel that way about myself. So I probably should have one, but let's make sure that I actually need it. Cause like, maybe I, maybe I didn't need it, but actually it has been, has been great working with Rob. So.
0: No, that's cool. Nice work, Rob. Yeah. Like a good yeah, good job, Rob. <laughs> good job, Rob. Well, so so out of all these different projects, out of all these different things that you're doing, all the different pies you got your hands in, which is your favorite child right now? And and kind of maybe for the foreseeable uh, future.
1: I mean, Late Night, like late, late Night Munchies is is, is my ba- that's that's my baby because that's the okay. first big project I started and I have this thing where I have to do something to like make it legit. So for late night munchies and for munchies after dark, I got tattoos to make it real. Nice. Now, my parents didn't love that idea. <laughs> my parents didn't love the idea that I even got tattoos to begin with. So telling them I got two tattoos about a label that I'm trying to start with no funding behind it was a great conversation with them. <laughs> I'm like, "No, it's going to be great. It's going to be for my friends. I got this to make sure it's real." They're like, "All right, Anthony." <laughs> when <laughs> when my mom says my full name, I'm just like, all right, you don't love this idea at all. Um, but you know, now we're late night munchies is eight years old, and munchies after dark is four years old. So we're actually doing a late night munchies eight year anniversary party with decked out shameless. Shout oh, out to yeah. shout out to Daniel and Holly and shameless crew uh, in August. They so throw, they throw good parties. I right? love yeah. their parties yeah. so much, and I love day parties. Yeah. And that's what they do a lot in the summertime. I love it. So you, you'll you'll see me on the deck a lot. We'll, we'll, <laughs> Seattle House
0: Mafia will be there, man. All right. We love I'll, that I'll see you guys out there. So because of that answer, late night munchies being your baby, I'm going to quiz you as a label owner. Okay, today. here we so go. This is where I put you on the spot. All right.
1: Bit. Let me not fuck this um, up.
0: So I think the first question, I'll, I'll build it up to a pinnacle, but I think the first question for you would be, you know, out of all the different genres under that umbrella of dance music, elect, EDM, yeah, electronic, yeah. whatever we call it, right? I call it dance music because I'm old, but what would be your your genre of choice if you if you had to kind of pick one?
1: Probably to everyone's surprise, do I do love Tech House a lot. Eh, I do love Tech House, but I love drum and bass a lot more. Um, shout out to my shout out to Mind Group. Honestly, I hated drum and bass a lot, like a lot, like you know the way when DJs are like, I don't play country, and like they they mean that. Like yeah. I hated drum and bass that much. Wow. Where I was like, I don't want to hear it. Don't show it to me. I don't care. Um, but Chris Chris loves drum and bass. Mind Group loves drum and bass, and he took me to a show when we were visiting Seattle one of the years at Foundation. It was a uh, Camel and Crooked, and I. Wow stupidly assumed that drum and bass just was one kind of sound yep. and there was which why would i even think that when there's house and there's deep house and it's like why? anyway i just thought drum and bass sounded the same to me all the time so i'm like i don't want to i don't want to hear this and he took me to the show and it was amazing and i felt and they played like a liquid drum and bass set which that like that's like my favorite me too and so i was in that was it that's all i needed that's all i needed and so dr- drum i mean for those that like have seen me play drum and bass, I've done a couple shows. One with People's Music, Apog last year, and uh, High Octane Nocturnal Syndicate's party at High Dive. Um, but I, I love me some drum and bass. So cool. I really do.
0: I'm very surprised by that answer, but I dig I it. I
1: really love drum and bass. I,
0: I've tripped into it again too, man. I love it too. Yeah. So I, I understand. There's something about it.
1: You give me, you yeah. Give me a it. solid liquid drum and bass set. I
0: know. I know. I'm losing it. Yeah. Ronnie Size LTJ bookum like I think I think you said Andy C Oh Andy C
1: yeah Yeah also shout out to Mind Groove cuz he shut like force fed that one to me. He's just like you you're going to listen to Andy C and I'm like yep. yes sir got you. <laughs> yes sir.
0: <laughs> but it was worth it. But
1: it was worth it cuz yeah. I love Andy C so so sh- shout out Mind Groove. <laughs>
0: nice job. So next next quiz question if there were an artist that you'd want to collaborate with, work with, have on your label, do something with, remix whatever um, who would that be today?
1: So now now I have three because I had some time to think. Okay. So definitely Honey Love because she's just queen of queens. I, I got to meet her last year when she played the Black Book Party here in Seattle. The Martinez Brothers because it's the Martinez Brothers. Yeah. And and I'm sad because I just missed – I played that same night. Josh Wink. Yeah. I love Josh Wink. I, like, went out of my way at movement. I think it was 2017, I want to say. And I, I'm not like a big, like need to be at the front of the like stage to like see an artist, but I like fought my way to the front to see Josh Wink play. And it was one of the best sets of that. Like I will never forget that set. And I even like ran into like randomly ran into like one of my friends from high school that I hadn't seen in years also at Josh Wink set at movement. So like that was also like great and random. Um, but yeah, that would, if I can get them on the label or collaborate any, anything of that nature, I would be, I'd be a happy child. Okay. Kid, kid in a candy store.
0: I have no doubt you'll ask.
1: I have asked Honey Love. Okay. I have not asked the Martinez Brothers, and I have not asked Josh Wink, but I, I will shoot my shot.
0: Ba- yeah, based on what I I've will, learned so far, I, I have no doubt that when the timing's right, or maybe a little bit before when the timing's right, you're going to yeah. reach out to them and and ask them. Okay. Now, here's here's a tough one. I didn't really warm you up. I don't think enough for this one, but if there were if there were an album that was representative like you of maybe your favorite album i know it's an extremely tough question that's for such a, music lover that's such a hard DJ. question
1: that's like an asshole ass question it is it totally is <laughs> so to it.
0: but you're a label owner and you got a lot of a lot of opinions about music this is true I would love to this hear where you fall on this one
1: so i used to do this thing which i'm probably I, I i don't do it as much because i don't need my laptop connected to my speakers anymore or as much but i used to wake up every morning and i would listen to sade paradise okay. so i have i would have to pick that strong, stronger, stronger with or stronger than pride album from Sade. That's probably one of my favorite albums. My mom, also my mom, loved that album too. That's which is like maybe that's probably why I love it so much. I think I heard it so much in the house that then I like subconsciously like still love that album. But yeah, Sade the Queen.
0: I think that's a fantastic answer. I was Queen. just watching. I just watched. Um, I, li- I had a remix that I played that was a white label when I was digging through some records the other day, and then I started watching Sade music videos so good. and there's so much like grace and class and beauty so and smoothness good. like yeah, it's so good i think i think that answer wins if i
1: heard sure. if i heard paradise in the distance i would probably drop all my shit and run to wherever that sound is coming yeah. from that's how much i love her and that song
0: i approve of that answer for sure so let's let's move into kind of future and okay like i said you got a lot going on um i is there is there like some big bold goals that you have? I know I know you got the DJ the DJ academy yeah. and the event space. I know you got the label. I know you're you know probably bigger and better DJ gigs. Is there anything that you're not doing today that like is on Tony H's list of big goals that you'd like to knock out in the future?
1: I would love to play. So I would love to play a festival in another country. Got would it. that would be a huge like that would be great. Um I would love to play a festival in my home. I'm so I'm originally from Panama. So uh, I would okay. I would love to play a festival in Panama. That would be great. Um, last year I went with I, actually I went with John Lee. Um, last year to this festival called Ocaso in Costa Rica, <laughs> that looks and so it dope. was one of the best times I've ever had in a festival. bunch of friends. I mean, obviously getting to speak Spanish and like being in that kind of environment for me was was great. Um, I also was ended up being the translator for like the entire house because. They all, none of these none of them speak spanish <laughs> so now i'm going to all the things that they want to go to just to tra- translate for them but like but it was it was such a great time um but yeah getting to play a festival in like in ibiza or panama costa rica you know central south america that oh, yeah. like that that would that would be like that's like the next like bucket list um now i'm getting the opportunity to play festivals here in, in america which is great i'm grateful for for all that like i i have beyond and and sundown solstice festival in alaska coming up soon so but yeah i think a, a europe europe uh, tour or a south america central america tour would be that, that's the next the next thing
0: i don't see that that far out of reach for you man
1: if people see, see yeah, that you know. and that's the thing it's like so many people in my circle like i i never would have thought i was going to be playing miami music with coachella but all my friends are like no like it's it's going to happen i'm like okay like, all right whatever like yeah. sure and then it's like happening they're like we told you i'm like all right yeah you you guys are right <laughs> so like i like in my head i'm like that's like that's such like a far like far yeah. goal that i'm like oh, yeah maybe it'll happen like soon ish but i'm like i don't see it the way it's like my... what's your
0: boy's name rob rob get to work
1: yeah Ro- rob <laughs> bro get me out there <laughs>
0: No, that's, that's, I think that's an amazing goal. I think that's, that's something to strive for. And yeah, I saw, I saw video. I always tease John Lee. Cause I'm like every time like he's done it a few years and he always posts video on Facebook and it's like in a jungle and yep. in bikinis and beautiful people and house it's music. It's such and, a vibe out yeah, there. It looks like he'd it. been
1: telling me for years to go with him. And I just either was, I at the time was working full time or like or was DJing. So I couldn't go in like that last year when I went or the year before when I went like I had, I had like that time off and I'm like, I'm coming with you to experience this. And Hell yeah! like, I was, we were there for like two weeks and like he's he like, you should have stayed longer. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I should have stayed longer.
0: And I'm a little triggered actually, because you're bilingual and my wife is half, half my family's Peruvian now through marriage. What are you I, doing? I don't speak Spanish. What are you doing? I'm terrible. I'm what terrible. are you doing? I know. I need to get Duol- on it. Duolingo. This this has been a very cathartic chat because there's a lot of things now I feel guilty about. Good, like,
1: like good, <laughs> like Twitch, good. like not
0: speaking Spanish, good.
1: not bilingual, not on Twitch. What are you doing? You're
0: killing me? Can I get a bouncer here and get you out of here? Get me out of here? Yeah, I'm just teasing. Well, I probably so, know security. <laughs> probably, um, you know I. I obviously want you to get behind the decks because yes. that's really that's really the fun part for me is seeing yes. what you do when there's there's no crowd. It's just Tony HB and himself playing what he wants to play. But
1: me on my Twitch vibes. That's
0: it. That's it. <laughs> but is there is there any anybody else you want to shout out? Any other projects you want to mention? By no means feel like you have to list out right oh, now. Oh
1: man, there's so there's so many. I love so many people in yeah, the scene. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Let's shout out. Let's see. You know what? Let's shout out like my like my close friends also that are helping me with this nonprofit um, Baseline Beats Academy. Matt Matt, so dj matt G, god yeah. um dj amp who i just actually the release we just had on gene ferris's label one of them was a collab with my friend austin also i'm just gonna shout out austin because i he just started producing music and you, like you know how some people produce but like they're like not really in it yeah but like he's like he my man's is in it like he's he's watching youtube videos he's asking me questions he comes to the house and we like we do we do work together and so i'm excited for him to see like what ends up happening like in his like musical career now that he's producing but yeah shout out to them i mean we got late night munchies munchies after dark I, also if you guys missed it i also started another label this year was it this year i think it was this year it's called it started off as a joke it's called not me being chaotic records
0: Oh, okay. I didn't understand. I just thought it was a poorly written sentence. When no, you said-
1: <laughs> no, it is not a poorly written
0: sentence.
1: That's a, so funny. I is a, skipped over it It is on a, it is a label that is very real, and the reason <laughs> the reason it started is because I like I always put other artists in before me. So when I'll I'll sign records to Late Night Munchies, but yeah. like in my head I'm like, oh, I want to put out a record like on the label too. Then I will look at the schedule. And I'm like, oh, I've already scheduled out the year like now i can't i'm like so i literally started this other label just so i could put on my own music like technically self-release my music but like under like an actual label but that's that's a that's real yeah i have a t-shirt that i made that says not me being chaotic i love it man it was like a twitch thing of like me like always being chaotic on stream and i'm like oh not me being chaotic and and i was like maybe i'll use that for something and my friends were like start a record label and i was like another one I <laughs> so i did I love it. and we it. put out five we put out five records already um and yeah, so <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so funny. I
1: love I love that you thought No, that. for
0: real. Like I was like cuz you're a sharp guy, right? And you immediately sent <laughs> me a couple bullets for the intro and I saw that part and I was like I don't know what he means there so I'm just going to just <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm just skipping that. <laughs> I'm skipping that. It's a label. So yeah. I love it. It is a label. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So any you know and by no means Everybody comes here with a different plan or no plan at all. Yeah, the mix they're gonna play anything you want to say about, about what you're gonna do on the decks. I
1: have no fucking clue. I love
0: that, <laughs> I love I that as no, just as much. I have, as, yeah. I have
1: no idea. I and I never do like people ask me all the time, like when I even when I played like Coachella, they're like, Did you plan your set? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> I literally made one post before Coachella because it, so I, if I, if if no one knows, I do a stream on Sundays called Sunday Funk Day and so because i was playing on sunday at coachella i made a post like i was like oh should i start my, sh- my set with like some like funky house stuff because mm-hmm. initially we thought they were going to stream that set so i was Got like it. so the people that couldn't be there i was like i'll give you guys like some sunday funk day vibes like while you're watching and then i'll get into like my set so like first like 45 minutes of my coachella set was like all funky house to like you know pay whatever yeah. to to for people to know that like sunday funk day vibes well yeah i don't i don't i don't plan my like i i, wa- I and. Not to say that I didn't in the like when I first started DJing because I did, sure. Um, but I like I've been doing it for so long now that I just I don't I don't I just like when I play when I'm playing a room I'm just like I feel the room out and I just go with my gut again and just play yeah. whatever. And when I play intimate things like this, I just I I play all the things that like I don't get to play when I'm like playing a club yeah. gig. So. So it is
0: the vibe and reading the room, and and when when you are out live, like it's it's not so much you you have maybe have a rough rough idea of what you're gonna play when you play out.
1: I don't have a rough idea, but when I'm like looking like reading the crowd, I like I know what kind of like I know what song I'm gonna start with. Got like it. so in my like in my head, I'm already like oh I'm gonna play this like I'm gonna play this one song because like sometimes you get get a crowd and they're like they love like the hip-hop r&b like house remix and i'm like okay like i'm gonna start with this like one song that like i love that i know like they're probably gonna like i've been playing this like miguel sure thing remix and I'm like all, like which I, I annoy myself because <laughs> i'll like i play a song so much and like and maybe I'm, I'm i'm gonna blame my friends actually i'm not gonna take the blame on this because they always get the video of me playing that one song that i always play And so when I go to my Instagram stories to repost things, I'm like, oh, I have 10 videos of me playing that one song again. (laughs) I'm like, you guys know I played an hour, right? Like (laughs) you guys didn't get any other video of any other song I played. So I've been playing this Miguel sure thing and every video that I post or we get tagged in is me playing this damn song. But like that's that's kind of my like thought process. I I get like I always show up early to like wherever I'm going to play and I kind of just like see how the crowds reacting to the current DJ and kind of just go off i'm like okay they love like some minimal vibe they love deep house like yeah. let's start there and like because i always will build my way back up to like what i like to play but i always start where the dj kind of leaves me yeah. and kind of go from there so but i get that reading the room thing from like my open format days when my friends sure. like just taught me to play on vinyl and stuff i'm just like oh you guys don't like this quick switch quick transition get out of this they don't like this so you nice. Know, that's, well, that's, that's I'm, I'm now. I'm
0: curious what song you're gonna start with, but I I do want to thank you for coming in. Matt, yeah, thanks for having, for having me. Time with us. Hell yeah. Been, this has been awesome. It is great to meet you. Likewise. Ooh, this will not be the last time, I'm sure. That it, we, uh, it's, it
1: wasn't as to weird as the first time at Flam. <laughs> <laughs> That was on me. This man. was this was much more natural. <laughs> <laughs> I freaked out. You and your girlfriend.
0: It's She's like,
1: who was that? I'm like, well, I don't really know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna quit jabbing so and get you behind the mix right. and let you go out in the mix. So thanks, yeah. man. Thanks for coming. Hell through. yeah! So good to meet you. And uh, they had
1: good tequila too. Yeah, we always got oh, good tequila. Hell yeah! It's yeah, delicious. if you got a drink
0: on your rider, you know we'll take care they, of. You. They got you. <laughs> I, I
1: can confirm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: All right, man. Let's get after it. All right, let's do Thank it. You. Seattle House Mafia. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Seattle House Mafia's Industry Interviews. If you want to watch the full video of this interview, including an exclusive mix from our guest, head over to seattlehousemafia.com forward slash YouTube. And before you go, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For all things Seattle House Mafia, including our upcoming shows, latest mixes, gear reviews, and more, you can visit seattlehousemafia.com.